welcome to episode 336 of Good Luck High Five. That's right, you're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering, whether you're sitting at home jamming some arena or, God forbid, Magic Online, or or if you're heading out to your local game store to have some fun. We're here for you. Hey man, if you want to play Modern Horizons Draft, you've got to play on Magic Online. Okay, that's true. That's legit. Can I tell you though, I have had dreams about playing Modern Horizons Draft on Arena. (laughs) I've literally dreamed it. I believe that. And then I woke up and I'm like, oh, I can't. I can't. So sad. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. (laughs) That's right. On this week's episode, we have our famed Judge Rob episode for Corset 2020. Yes, the pre-release is coming up this weekend as early as Friday in some locations. Yes, or perhaps you're going to get on Arena tomorrow. Today. today. As you are listening to this podcast. It's available on Tuesday the 2nd. Can you believe it? Bonkers. I know. I'm so excited because this corset is not your regular corset. No. It is wearing a fancy hat. (laughs) That's a perfect way to describe it. (laughs) Before we start the show, I wanted to give a couple of shout outs. Number one is to Tony Levesque, who is our winner of our Mythic Championship 3 Fantasy Draft. Congratulations. Can I ask you the most important question? Did he beat Paul? He beat Paul. Wow. Congratulations, Tony. Tony. Nice work. You know how to pick them. And congratulations to Brent Wright, who is our Gleam giveaway winner for last month. Nice. And I just got to say this. You can enter every month our Gleam giveaway, by the way. Yes. Not many people enter. Not enough people enter. So you would have a potentially really (laughs) good chance of winning. Go down in the notes. Go down below the YouTube video. Hit enter and please enter. You'll get some sick swag from us and from our sweet sponsors. Yeah. Card Kingdom and Ultra Pro. Speaking of Card Kingdom. Yes. Thank Card, you. Card Kingdom is great. Yeah. They're A+. plus. They're one of the sponsors of the show. They are wonderful. Do you know what I tell people when I talk about our podcast? What? They're always just like, oh, do you do you have sponsors? Because yeah. a lot of podcasts do. And I'm like, yeah. And what's really cool is that we get to have sponsors that are part of our community. Yeah. We don't have to, uh, you know, if, <laughs> we don't have to do like meal kit delivery or mattresses. Or underwear. Or mail delivery services. <laughs> uh, no, we Legal get to have. Firms. We get to have Card Kingdom which is such a cool part of the magic community um, and such a great way to get everything that you need to play games with your friends. Yeah, and if you want to order anything from Card Kingdom, which we highly recommend, just use the link cardkingdom.com slash GLHF and then ask for a good luck high five token or sticker in your order and they'll give you one totally free. Wow, what I know. a deal. How much is free these days? Not much. Not much. Even a kick in the shins will cost you about 25 bucks. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> You know, if you want a really good kick in the shins. I don't. Not your everyday run-in-the-mill kick I in the shins. I don't. All right, well, you know. Thank you as well to everyone who is a patron of the show over on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. It really does mean so, so much to us. Yeah, Patreon is the way to directly support the show, to show that we're something that you value every week, Mm -hmm. and just a chance to give back to the content creators that give you something every week. So if you listen every week or every other week or you get anything at all out of the show, we highly encourage you to support and give back and kind of vote with your dollars to things that matter in your life. you get access to our, in in addition to your benefits, you also get access to our awesome Discord channel. It's the best Discord channel. so great. Pictures of cats. Talk about cats. Pictures of ferrets. Talk about ferrets. Talk about magic also. Yes. All of the different kinds of magic. You can find people to talk about modern with, standard, limited. Board games. Board games. It's all on there. So find some cool people to hang out with over on our Discord. All right. Let's get ready for our pre-release coming up this weekend. Woo! What's that the sound of? A train (laughs) coming down the track. A hype train? Yeah, a hype train. Oh, okay. Toot, toot. Or a... 
Or an owl that's pretty happy. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Hype trains are so yesterday. Hype owls are so today. So today. So hot right now. It's time to welcome Judge Rob onto the episode to tell us about M20. Yay! Hi! Oh, hi, Judge Rob. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Pretty good. What are you reading today? Uh, The Gods Themselves. It's Isaac Asimov's least concrete novel. He wanted you to go for it. Um, It's about a three-gendered society that thinks in emotions. Whoa! That's kind of cool. It's not set with humans at all. None of the characters are humans. Wow. It's a it's a fascinating weird book. I think having my right. one of my books called my least concrete book would just be like a great honor. Yes, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I hope that we all manage to have non-concrete <laughs> books. Well, I mean Isaac Asimov wrote a lot of science stuff. Uh, he's the most published Accurate. author in American history. Wow. Most of it's hard science things. Wow, if you never thought you'd learn anything on Good Luck High Five, check yourself. Check yourself. Also, Wow, uh, that would be really sad <laughs> <Yeah>. and bad. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Drop. Judge Rob is here to help us work through our Magic 2020 pre-release. It's true. And uh, it's a core set, which means it's not as complex as most Magic sets. It's a great entry point for yes. people who want to start or get or start learning Magic. Yes. Um, or play in a really friendly environment because pre-releases are awesome and friendly places. And you usually kick things off with a public service announcement. I do. Uh, this one is a, I have a very simple core statement to it. Let people enjoy things. <laughs> no, it, That's great. It, yeah. it, like, if somebody enjoys something, they probably enjoy something different than you. I know that you enjoy different things than me. I enjoy different things than you. Like, everybody enjoys something. If someone enjoys James Joyce, like we talked about last time oh, that I was man. here just a few weeks ago, it, like, this is why I said I'm not crapping on James Joyce because James Joyce is, James Joyce is brilliant. He's just not something that I enjoy. So if somebody likes movies that you don't, if somebody likes magic cards that you don't, uh, you can, don't try to talk them out of having fun. Because uh, that sucks. If I showed up to to your pre-release and said, "Magic, that game's crap. You should be playing Yu-Gi-Oh." <laughs> it's more fun in every way. Here's yeah. all the problems with your game and why you shouldn't be having fun right now. That sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, if somebody enjoys something, if somebody thinks that you know their their seven cost three three in this set is the most fun card ever to play, you can let them know that probably won't see play in modern, but. It might be an ultra fun card for them to play in their Oathbreaker deck or in their commander deck or casually at the kitchen table or just to hang up on their wall because there are cards that are bad at being cards but are really good at having great art. <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah, there's something for everybody out there in life and it'd be a, it'd be a silly old world if we were all the same. Yes. Thank you so much, Rob. Yeah. That is a lovely statement. And so true. Like we're entrenched in the com- competitive community yes. a lot. And yeah. sometimes, you know, people who are ultra competitive have a hard time uh, with the casual community mm-hmm. and you know maybe even vice versa but i think highly i think more the latter um and just you know a lot of people enjoy magic differently than yeah. you and that's okay yeah. yes yep all right so we're gonna kick things off with the new rules that uh, emerge yeah. with the, m20 the, the one new rule that is very important rule the the mulligan procedure is changing yay yes. i'm so the, excited the London mulligan i have opinions on why the decision was made i think that some of the paths to get here were bad but the mulligan itself is really good so Yes. Uh, the London Mulligan is a new way to mulligan. It's really similar to the old one. You're going to have fewer cards at the end of it. Uh, anytime that you mulligan now, though, you will draw seven. 
Uh, then, if you decide you like the hand, you will put down a number of cards equal to the number of times you've mulliganed. So, it, to the bottom of your library, you won't shuffle them, they'll just go to the bottom. In the order that you choose? Yep, in the order that you choose. Uh, in general, anytime something gets put into your library, you choose the order in which it goes. So, uh, they, the London Mulligan, you will, uh, you, if you look at your opening seven, you're like, seven swamps. <clears throat> go away. You shuffle that hand away, you will draw seven new cards, and you'd be like, six swamps and a Tempest Gin. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry for you, first of all. My, my sample hand generator is really bad. Uh, I'm playing I'm playing ten islands and seven swamps. Oh, I'm drawing okay. Oh, okay. There are six okay. swamps and a tempest you're gin. You're unlucky. Like, you're unlucky. Like yeah. I would play that library, right? Like yeah. ten okay. islands and a tempest gin is a fine deck. Uh but a tempest gin isn't in this set. We have some random knight instead. But uh yeah, you'll look at it and go, no. You'll pick up another hand and you'll the seven cards is fine. I'll keep this. You, you've looked at a total of three hands. Your first one is free. You take two cards from this hand, because you mulligan to five, and you put those in the bottom of your library. If something does things during the mulligan process, you technically put those cards down before you do that thing. Uh, so the serum powder says you can take additional mulligans, basically. It's got a lot of words to say that. A serum powder, you would put those cards on the bottom, you take these five cards, and then you throw them away for serum powder and get five fresh cards. Okay. I. Uh, for the everybody in modern who is super concerned about serum powder blowing up the format, uh, it's fine. It isn't any better than it was before, I don't think. So, uh, but be aware the London Mulligan is happening. After you're done mulliganing, you used to scry. You don't scry anymore. Uh, you you got to super scry by getting to keep extra cards and then throw them away. So, uh, yep, that's the that's the basic London Mulligan procedure. If you have questions on it, ask Quivers running your tournament. Ask your opponent. Chat about mulligans. Remind people to London Mulligan. Yeah, I'll forget probably. <laughs> well, yeah. but it's but it's really easy to catch. You'll count six cards yeah, face down, right. and then you'll pick them up, and then your opponent will go six, and you'll go oh, seven. Oh, seven! <laughs> it's a nice present. Yes, oh. I, I get rewarded. Uh, the the one drawback I found playing the London Mulligan, it leads to more regret. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I know what mistakes I've made. I definitely have had mulligans where I'm like. I don't think this three drop's going to be relevant. Put it down. Like, six turns later, I'm like, I know that there's a three that I need on the oh, bottom of my library. Oh, it's just library. sitting on the bottom. And I missed casting a spell on three. Mistakes were made. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, that's fair. So, be aware you may have more regrets, but <laughs> you're, you will have less non-games. So the trade-off works so out. That's just regrets. a warning we can put yes. on life, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you will probably have some regrets as a good warning about life. <laughs> All right, so that's the London Mulligan. Yeah. Uh, excited for that, personally. Um, yep. And then we have a bunch of returning mechanics, so no yeah. new mechanics with the set, nope, only they, returning. This set has only what are called evergreen mechanics, things that can show up in every set. It added one mechanic as an evergreen mechanic, uh, which I didn't actually spell out, but I will I will call out. And um, it is bringing back mechanic as an evergreen mechanic. Can I ask you a trivia question here, yeah, Judge absolutely. Rob? This is a mo piece of modern trivia that I asked at the uh, at the GP this past weekend. What evergreen mechanic was changed because too many people were using it wrong? Because too many people were using it wrong? Were playing it incorrectly. It was an evergreen mechanic, and then they're like, oh, too many people are doing this wrong. We're going to make a change and change it. I Megan, mean the, you, you can also play. I mean, there's a, there's a number of I have of my these. guess. Okay. There's Lifelink is the is one of the big ones. Uh, it the name has changed as well as the ability. Oh, they got rid of it and replaced it with yes, a different Yes, they one. replaced it with Okay, something. Shroud. Yes. 
Oh. Is that what you're thinking? No, I was going to say regenerate. Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. A, that, great guess. Tra- sh- yeah, regenerate got fired for indestructible as well yeah. because nobody mm-hmm. knew how it worked. Anyway, Shroud. Uh, but, yep, well done. Shroud. Uh, but Lifelink is substantially changed. Yes, to, that is true. To the point where there's there's a trivia question about which card with Lifelink was printed without it, had it added, and now has it as a result, but shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> what what, what is card? Loxodon Warhammer. Oh, so yes, life, yes. Lifelink, as it was originally keyworded, was a triggered ability. Yeah. And Boggles so, makes use of this. Right. And so anything that had triggered Lifelink, like the original printing of Loxodon Warhammer, uh, got Lifelink in Oracle. Then Loxodon Warhammer got reprinted with Lifelink. Then they changed it to be a part of dealing damage. So that you don't die if your creature deals damage at the same time as you take damage, you will survive. But locks everything else but locks it on Warhammer got reverted because they all behave differently because they have a triggered ability printed on the card. Locks it on Warhammer didn't get reverted because it had a version physically printed with lifelink. Whoa. Wow, we could do a whole episode about this kind of <laughs> stuff. I, there's honestly. there's infinite deep dives of weird, weird magic templating in history. Okay, trivia. sorry but I derailed to, us. To, to get under real things though, yes. uh, so protection. Uh, protection is back. Did not think that we would be seeing this again. I'm kind of surprised. I thought that these, I really like text proof from X. Uh, Protection is super complicated, so I want to run through it. Everything with protection in this set has a full chunk of reminder text. Read it. It's important. Uh, So, like, let's look at Blight Beetle here. Cute. Yeah, Blight Beetle is super cute. It's also super gross. It is. It is. It's both things at once. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Blight Beetle is a 1-1 for black and 1. It's an insect. It has protection from green. And the reminder text tells you this creature can't be blocked, targeted, dealt damage, enchanted, or equipped by anything green, which is five things. It's actually, it's four, but we'll talk about that in a second. And then it also says creatures your opponent's control can't have plus one, plus one counters put on them. Okay. I actually called this out because I want to talk about that ability too, which just, it stops any counters from growing on your opponent's creatures. So any plus one, plus one counters. If they try to enter with plus one, plus one counters, like the Hydra in this set, they don't get them. Oh, brutal. Yeah, Blade Beetle just, just shuts down counters that on your That goes to the screen. graveyard. Yep. Oh, no, the one in the set's a zero one. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's just <laughs> real right, bad. No, <laughs> a zero one. <laughs> yes, it's just a zero one. Um, but protection, um, it says it can't be blocked, it can't be targeted, dealt damage, enchanted, equipped. Uh, there's actually a mnemonic that a lot of judges use for this, which is debt. Uh, damage, enchanted, equipped, blocked, targeted. Uh, and so if you remember that protection causes debt, <laughs> that that lets you remember what things can't. It's funny because normally creatures. protection relieves you from what could be some debt coming well, in your future. Maybe the the to to get political the uh, the companies that service student loans in the United States are protected from you discharging your uh, debt. You cannot discharge your bankruptcy for student loans or discharge student loans in bankruptcy in the United States. Hot dang. It's <laughs> the worst. Wow. Uh, wow. Good to know. So Look, you've learned two things Protectionism at its finest. Uh, so there's a cycle of uncommons that grant protection, and then there's also um, the scry one that Feather's going to use. Uh, Give us protection? It's an instant or something? Yeah. Uh, God's Willing, I think. Oh, yeah, God's Willing. Yep. You're yeah, right. and so God's Willing is in the set, and then there's a cycle of creatures with protection, uh, one of which got shifted up to rare, uh, Shifting Ceratops. Oh, that was our preview, our preview card. card. Yeah, exactly. That, th- it looks amazing, uh, but so it, you'll see this in Limited, and you will get blown out by it because, like, Blight Beetle, just green things don't interact with him. He just blocks giant green dudes forever, and yeah. you can't fight him with your green spells, and things that don't target can affect things with protection. 
So if you have if you have a Wrath of God that says destroy all creatures, uh, something with protection from white can still be wrathed away. But damage is prevented. So if you have an Anger of the Gods that deals three damage to each creature, well, protection from red creatures would have that damage prevented. Right. Wow. So, very cool. Speaking yep. of God's Willing, it's a good card, everybody. Yes. Don't it underestimate is. it. Yeah, play your yeah. God's Willings. Um, and remember, like, I just remember getting tripped up by this when I started playing Magic. Yeah. Like, a, like if they attack with their Blight Beetle, yep. you can't block it with a green creature. Yep. If you attack with a green creature, they sure as heck can block it with yes. a Blight Beetle. It, it is, will not die. It is asymmetrical. Yes. It's a problem. Um, Blight, Blight Beetle is going to hold the fort against green creatures a lot. Ooh. He basically says green creatures suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> Is this, I wish that was the rules text. Yeah. Honestly. Protection from green. Parentheses. Green creatures suck. <laughs> or yeah. flavor text. At yeah, the bottom. yeah, the flavor text. <laughs> Quote unquote. Green, green creatures, creatures suck. suck. Blight beetle. <laughs> yep. Ley lines uh, are back. Yeah, ley lines are back. Uh, if you've played magic for a while, you'll have run into these. If you haven't, they will surprise you. Uh, they do things when you're not playing magic. Uh, so ley line of combustion here costs red, red, and two for an enchantment. And it says, if Ley Line of Combustion is in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on the battlefield. Whoa. Uh, so it's on Magic Online, you'll see that it'll say, do beginning of game actions after you finish your mulligans. So with the Ley Lines, you'll finish your whole mulligan process. So with the London Mulligan, you get more chance to keep a hand with a Ley Line in it. Uh, and then you'll be able to put it on the battlefield before anybody starts their first turn. And so if you're, if you're going second, you do it before your opponent has their first turn. Yeah, I usually say opening game action. Yeah, uh, so that's something that's going to come up in limited and standard. Um, after both players are done mulliganing, before you take your first turn, before you play your first land, um, you ask your opponent, do you have anything before I start playing? That is very nice yes. of you, Rob. That's, that's the pleasant way to do it at pre-releases, and they'll ask you, why are you doing this? And you'll be like, there's ley lines, and at least three of them are playing. Because a lot of times I have forgotten yes. to do this. Yes, uh, if you are playing modern, your opponent has a non-trivial chance of starting the Leyline of the Void in play right now, because <laughs> Jund decks where it's bad to play Leyline of the Void in their deck are playing it in their main deck yes, right now. Yes, they are. Modern is a hellscape from which we cannot, <laughs> from which we have no respite. Wow. Uh, wow. I played a lot of I played a lot of modern recently. We know how you feel about Hogan. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, but Leyline of Combustion's actual text after that is whenever you and or at least one permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, Leyline of Combustion deals two damage to that player. And this is a bunch of complicated words to say whenever they point a thing at you, shoot them. Yeah. Like, um, it's whenever you and or at least one permanent you control hmm. is so that if they say cast a spell that says target player and target creature, if they target you and your creature, then it only triggers once. Okay. So it triggers once per spell that targets you or some of your things. Uh, and it just twos them in the face. Uh, it punches them for, for playing things. And it is, the sp it is spell or ability. So when Teferi goes to bounce your stuff, you get to ley line them. Oh, the sick. Yeah. Okay. So uh, be aware. This, this card's fine. It's the best red ley line ever printed. There's not really com meaningful competitors, but... <laughs> Uh, the other returning thing uh, is that treasure is back. Oh, treasures. Oh. I didn't actually realize that. Yeah, just just on one card, Rapacious Dragon. Uh, Rapacious Dragon is a, it's a dragon, costs red and four. Oh, I love this art. 3-3 three, three flyer. Yeah, the art's great. He's breathing a yep. nice purple flame. Yep. Uh, costs, it costs five red and four for a 3-3 three, three flying dragon. When Rapacious Dragon enters the battlefield, create two treasure tokens. 
Uh, treasure tokens are artifacts. They don't have a mana cost, and they say tap and sacrifice this to add one mana of any color. So the the dragon comes with treasure. Oh, That's, I, yeah. classic. <laughs> I love it, and I also just read this flavor text, which is A+, plus, yeah. which is a quote, surely it won't notice if I take... And then it ends. Yep. <laughs> Theory of the sly. Last, Last words. words. <laughs> I love it. Great. <laughs> so that, that is a returning mechanic. It looks like they're just going to have treasure randomly whenever they want it, probably on a, okay. one or two cards every set. Uh, basically what it does is it discounts your spell into the future. Uh, the treasures sit on the battlefield. They're artifact tokens. They just hang out there until you need them, and then you sacrifice them to cast other things. I wish it was gold, though, because I loved gold tokens. Uh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> it, so if they would have done gold the way that they wanted treasure to be, they realized that having it tap to sacrifice... Because that's the only difference. Yes, it Treasure is. versus gold is uh, that you, uh, you tap and sacrifice the treasure as opposed to just sacrificing it with gold. And the the problem was, and I abuse this in Commander, actually, uh, anything that makes gold, you can tap it for things and then also sacrifice it. Sick. So um, I definitely have improvised my Commander with gold. I see. So. I just love the gold token of the gold horse, you know? I have some yeah. Japanese gold tokens, and yeah. so. The ones the ones that Guild and. Yeah, um, that Guild made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a, just a golden horse statue. It's just so cool. Yeah. So that, that's my stuff for things that are returning. Okay. Otherwise, it's the base mechanics. We're talking. We're flying, talking flying, trampling, hexproof. Yeah, first strike. Uh, the, just the base stuff. Anything that's a little bit complicated does have reminder text. Uh Corsets, as we mentioned, are good on ramps. They have reminder text on basically everything. So if you look at a card, you don't know what it does. Well, that that text in italics that you usually ignore because it's if you don't if you know how cards work, you can ignore this stuff. Read it, like it's helpful. Uh, so I want to jump on an individual cards then. Okay, let's move on. We've got a Johnny Strength of the Pride. Happy Pride yes. Month, Johnny. Yes, Happy Pride Month. He's very strong and very proud. <laughs> uh, Johnny costs white, white, and two for a Planeswalker with five loyalty. Uh, plus one, you gain life equal to the number of creatures you control plus the number of Planeswalkers you control. Minus two, create a 2-2 white cat soldier creature token named a Johnny's Pride Mate. With so weird. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on Ajani's Pride Mate. Uh, and then zero, if you have at least 15 life more than your starting life total, exile Ajani's Strength of the Pride and each artifact and creature your opponents control. Pretty good. Yep. He 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 says, you have enough life. I'm just going to take all your opponent's stuff and leave with it. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about the middle ability. It makes a token. That token is exactly the same as Ajani's Pride Mate, except it's totally not. It looks like an Ajani's Pride Mate. It's named Ajani's Pride Mate. It doesn't have a mana cost. True. Uh, and yeah. so if you plan to use Ajani's Pride Mates as tokens, um, I would suggest, A, don't do this in a competitive tournament. If you have other cards in your deck box that aren't in your deck, they count as part of your sideboard. Um, and if you're playing Ajani's Strength of the Pride, you could obviously cast them. If you bring these to a Mythic Championship qualifier, if you bring these to a Star City Open or a Grand Prix and play in the event then and you have these pride and you've normal Johnny's pride mates in your deck box no they, yeah they'll be part of your sideboard and so you'll they'll be like well you have like 90 cards here because you have 15 of Johnny's pride mate tokens except they're not tokens they're actual cards if you're if you plan to do this I would suggest black note the mana cost if you're like but I don't want to do that what if I want to use them in a deck well just write a Johnny's pride mate on a on a another thing that isn't a magic card right <laughs> yeah um, and there will be tokens in these booster packs that are named Johnny's pride mate with no mana cost I've seen yes. Them. Yep. And so it, use those. It, it's 
you might think it's not relevant, except that it's it's actually relevant. Cards care about mana cost a lot. Oh yes, um, a surprising a surprising amount. Tokens so, no mana cost. Yep. Oh, that's not true. Tokens that are copies can have mana costs because they'll copy all the characteristics of the object. Oh, sure. Yes, yeah. yes. Which, did, that's important for, for stuff. <laughs> for stuff and things. Yeah, you know, for, for, for things like the next card, Cavalier Flame. Uh, it, we, you've talked about returning to Theros and getting devotion. If you copied Cavalier Flame, you might have a bunch of devotion. Oh, yeah. Um, so Cavalier Flame here costs red, 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 two <laughs> for a six, five elemental knight. And it has red and one creatures you control get plus one plus zero and gain haste until end of turn. And he also has when Cavalier Flame enters the battlefield, discard any number of cards, then draw that many cards. His third ability is when Cavalier Flame dies, it deals X damage to each opponent and each planeswalker they control, where X is the number of land cards in your graveyard. Cool. He's he's ridiculous. This card does it all. Yes, he he does a lot of things, including like doming your opponent when they try to kill your six five. And so the thing with Cavalier Flame's third ability is he locks in the number as it's resolving only. He doesn't lock it in when the trigger goes in the stack. They can kill your Cavalier Flame, put the trigger in the stack, and then exile your graveyard, which then means that they take no damage. Okay. Or if you sacrifice him to, a, to an effect and you're, you're like, I gotcha, and they're like, uh, exile your graveyard in response. <laughs> they, they, can, they can stop that ability by responding to it, basically. Okay. Uh, which is maybe relevant. You'll get got. You'll, I, I assume that I will get got at some point when I try <laughs> to attack the Cavalier Flame. It's the kind of card that I want to attack with. I love this next card. Yes. Kalia, Zenith Seeker. Uh, she costs black, white, red for a 3-3 legendary creature human cleric. She is flying and vigilance. And when Kalia, Zenith Seeker, enters the battlefield, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal an, agent, an angel card, a demon card, and or a dragon card from among them and put them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, the, the phrasing is a little awkward. They, they've started to use and or a lot more, so they, I would have templated this card very differently, but this means you get, get an angel, a demon, a dragon, and you can have any subset of those. So an angel and a dragon, a demon and an angel, whatever. You get up to three cards, and it must be at least at most one of each. So I just can't like have... all the different kinds of her wings. <laughs> oh yes. yeah, she has like angel wings and demon wings. I don't see yes. her dragon wings, but maybe they're there. I, so I can't get two angels, is what you're telling me? Correct. You can't get two angels, uh, but you can get you can get an angel and a, and a dragon. So. I can't wait to make my angel dragon demon deck. <laughs> well, that's what Kalia. I've seen plenty of Kalia of the Vast decks. Because the original card Kali of the Vast like reanimated angels, demons, and dragons and stuff. And so she's very powerful. Very cool. Um, Mu Yanling Skydancer. A new planeswalker. Yes. Uh, well, not, not, not totally. Not 100% new. new. If you were in China, you could get Mu Yanling from the, uh, what was it, the, 20, the 2018 Chinese planeswalker decks. I don't remember, but they made I them think special. So. Yeah. Yes. It's part of my rant against standard right now because there's like six standard formats. <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, but in it, Mu Yanling is, is new to most places. Uh, she's adorable. Uh, she's a legendary planeswalker. Yanling costs blue, blue, one. Uh, comes with two loyalty. Uh, plus two. Until your next turn, up to one target creature gets minus two, minus zero, and loses flying. Minus three. Create a four, four blue elemental bird creature token with flying. And minus eight, you get an emblem with islands you control have tapped to draw a card. Sick. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that ability. But the, the first one is the, the one that I want to talk about. 
It says up to one target creature gets minus two minus own loses flying until your next turn. If it gains flying after this ability is resolved, it'll have flying. Uh, it ma makes it lose it now. But if you have a creature, if you have a spell that gives target creature flying like mighty leap, like mighty leap, um, then you can mighty leap to gain flying uh, and it'll gain flying because it loses it and then it gains it. And so then it has it. <laughs> um, it would say it would say loses flying and can't gain flying yeah. if they couldn't gain flying. Okay, later. got it. Uh, Omnath, Locus of the Royal. Uh, red, blue, green, one. He adds a color every time he is printed, apparently, <laughs> is the joke. What's uh, a royal? Uh, the royal is the... So Zendikar has, like, really chaotic, powerful mana, and this is the, the place where Zendikar's mana all kind of, like, funnels and dumps into. Oh, the mana dump. I've yeah. been there before. <laughs> yeah, the, the mana dump. Uh, it's so. Can uh, I borrow your truck? I have to take some stuff to the mana dump. <laughs> uh, if, if, can, if, while you're at the mana dump, can you check? Uh, I need a new door for my car. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll see if there's one. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. I need a, a new forest for my mono green. <laughs> oh, yep. I'll check for both <laughs> of those you. things. Yep. Thank you. So uh, Omnath here, though, he's a 3-3. Three, three. He costs four color, three colors of mana and... Uh, and a generic, uh, legendary creature, Elemental. When Omnath Locus of the Roy enters the battlefield, it deals damage to any target equal to the number of Elementals you control. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on target Elemental you control. If you control eight or more lands, also draw a card. Okay. Ooh, Pretty sure. great. Uh, his first ability, just like with the, the Cavalier that we talked about, uh, counts the number of Elementals as it resolves. So if you're only elemental, if you play Omnath um, and enters the battlefield, he's an elemental. He would count himself. He, you know, he sees himself. Yeah, he sees himself. You target your opponent and your opponent's like, eh, murder. Uh, they'll take no damage. Eh, murder. murder. Yep. It's common in this set. Yep, it is. Uh, it, you'll see it more frequently than you will see Omnath for many reasons. <laughs> uh, Vivian, Arcbow Ranger. Yeah. Uh, green, green, green one for a... For loyalty, Planeswalker. She's great. Is her mana cost unique? What do you mean? Is there, there nothing else in the world? I don't, th I, I don't think there are any other spells that cost green, green, green. Oh, one. there must oh. be. I, do I you want me to research it? You keep talking. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'm going to go over talking. here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Maria will be back. For that. I think that her mana cost is unique. Okay. That's my guess. Uh, green, 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 one for four loyalty, Planeswalker. Plus one. Distribute two plus one, plus one counters among up to two target creatures. They gain trample until end of turn. Minus three, target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature or planeswalker. Uh, minus five, you may choose a creature card you own from outside the game, reveal it, and put it into your hand. Ooh. Vivian has a lot of stuff going on, and a lot of yes. it's weird. Uh, so the, the first, her plus one, is distribute. You choose the distribution at the time that you activate the loyalty ability. Uh, it's, it's part of how you choose modes. If you distribute damage or counters, you choose that during the time that you pay the costs, basically. It's fancier, but you choose that up front. So you choose uh, target this and that. They're each going to get a counter. And then your opponent knows that before they try to kill your creatures or whatever. Um, if one of the creatures dies, you've lost the counter that was going to be distributed to it. So you, you target the two things, they kill one of them, and you get one counter on the other thing. Oh, there's one other card. What is it? Put it over here on the screen. Oh, okay. I'll put it behind Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I should have remembered. Oh, there it is. Fangrin it's it's Fangrin Firstborn. It's a 4-2 creature for green, 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 and one whenever it attacks. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. But you're almost right. On yeah. each attacking creature. <laughs> on each attacking creature you control? Yeah. Each yeah. attacking creature. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Oh, it's not your control. Right. Because it's the two at a giant all-star. 
Um, you almost had it, Rob. Yeah, close. The, close. I was like, this mana cost is real weird. Uh, the, so is. Vivian's minus five. Vivian's minus five is really similar to Karn the Great Creator's uh, minus two. Um, so you can choose a creature card you own from outside the game. Uh, this is your sideboard in Constructed, and your sideboard in Limited is every card you're not playing. What about if you're at home on the kitchen table? If you're at table? home on your kitchen table, go nuts. Whatever your friends think is fair. Uh, oftentimes with cards like this, we'll set like a, a time limit or a number of cards that you could grab with it or whatever. So that you don't just say, give me 10 minutes, I need to find my... I'm going to drive over yes. to my dad's house, grab right. my old binder. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, we're just like, you get 12 seconds or whatever. Um, I predict that for, for those of us that are Oathbreaker folks, that there will be some kind of Oathbreaker revision. Uh, for Vivian and Karn at some point because it doesn't support wishboards right now and it probably should considering that there's two planeswalkers that reference them um, it doesn't grab from Exile Exile is a game zone it's inside the game uh, if you are playing modern Mycosynth Lattice is a thing in modern right now uh, it turns out that Mycosynth Lattice does not change things in your sideboard to be colorless so Glittering Wish can select multicolored cards from your sideboard even with the Mycosynth Lattice in the back. <laughs> Bizarre. It is a real weird interaction. Wow. But it, it, it can also fetch Transguild Courier, which has an ability that makes it multicolored. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave that one we'll, there. We'll leave that there. Um, I could explain why, but nobody cares. <laughs> um, uh, Yarok, the Desecrated. He's so desecrated. I don't know what's going on in this art. Neither do I. Is, nope. is he a living spiderweb covered with icicles? <laughs> yes, an icicle spiderweb has grown yeah. arms and yeah. is trying to find oh. its foot. Yeah. That has crawled away. Yep. Yeah, because I see it's two spooky hands. Two spooky hands, and there's one foot there. So, the, yeah. so it's missing the other foot? No, I think the other foot is just off, 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 off screen. screen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's obviously yeah, and we it has solved a, it. It has a glowing green, green. middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like all evil things do. Uh huh. Yes. Cr okay. Classic. That got it. What did the art description? What did the art pitch? Exactly to, what we just said. Yeah, yeah. The evil glowing green animated spiderweb made of icicles is looking for its foot, which has crawled away with its two spooky arms. Okay, mm -hmm. I mean, Dark can knock that out of the park if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm a little lost. So, but but Yarok, just, just say what he actually does. Uh, he's a he costs uh, blue, green, black, and two for a three-five legendary creature, elemental horror. This is the set of elementals, and obviously this is a horror. Uh, Death touch, lifelink. If a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Is this the same as what's her name? Uh, Nahumira, the wizard. No, I was thinking of um, the Orzov uh, lady. Huh? Uh, Tesa Orzov Scion. Yeah, the new Tesa. Uh, she, yeah. she says dies. Oh, okay. So she, the, Yarok gets you in the way in, she gets you on the way out. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, uh, Yarok specifically, it has to be a triggered ability. Um, it can be a triggered ability from that thing because it entering the battlefield is a permanent. And so it has to say when this enters the battlefield or whenever a creature enters the battlefield or whenever an artifact enters the battlefield. It doesn't matter what the trigger condition is as long as that trigger condition happened as a result of the creature entering in some way. Uh, if something says it enters the battlefield with or it enters the battlefield as, those aren't triggered abilities. They actually change the way it enters the battlefield and replaces it with entering the battlefield a little bit differently and a little bit strangely. So uh, be aware and look at the exact wording of cards. Uh, I feel like this should have reminder text that says triggered abilities start with when, whenever, or at. Um, I agree with you. But yeah, that that's what you have to pay attention to for Yarok because there are some things that 
aren't triggered abilities in the set that kind of look like it. Ooh, up comes our favorite yes. new Chandra. Yeah, teenage Chandra. Uh, she's great. Uh, red, red one for a legendary planeswalker Chandra. Chandra Acolyte of Flame is her name. Her name isn't Teenage Chandra. Probably <laughs> teenage <should be>. Chandra. <laughs> yes. Because yes. I'm just a teenage Chandra, baby. <laughs> Anyways. I, I, I would oh also accept Chandra Teenage Investigator or something. Yeah. Like, I hope that's the new Netflix show. That. That, would yeah. be, that would be a pretty great Netflix show. Um, she, it's basically just, what am I thinking of? You know, like Nancy, Nancy Drew. Drew. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, or Teenage Pyromancer would also Chandra Teenage Pyromancer oh, would also be a fine show. That'd be great. Yes. Um, so, but Chandra, uh, she starts with four loyalty for Red, Red, and One. Uh, zero. Put a loyalty counter on each Red Planeswalker you control. If you control her future self or her past self or her friends or her enemies, as long as they're red, they get a counter. And herself? Yeah, and her. Uh, so she, she'll increase her own loyalty. Uh, zero. Create two 1-1 one, one Red Elemental Creature Tokens. Those tokens gain haste. Sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step. And minus two, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard. If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. Uh, so two things to note with this. You have to pay for it. Uh, it doesn't say without paying its mana cost. If you shunder for a stone rain, you have to pay the mana co cost for your stone rain. So oftentimes minus twoing her the turn she comes out doesn't really get you a lot because your spell has to be castable. Uh, that said, uh, there's a loophole in the exile clause. So it says if it would be put to your graveyard, exile it. If it wouldn't go to your graveyard, you, you don't need to exile it. So if you have a if you have a buyback spell that buys back to your hand, well, it doesn't get exiled. If you have something that's already getting exiled for some reason, then it's still going to get exiled, uh, and it'll get exiled in a special way that it does. So I was already going to yeah. exile my, my rebound spell. On its right? way to exile. Yeah, it, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm already going to exile. You don't need to worry about me. I'm fine. <laughs> like it's, it's all cool. We're all cool here friends i was thinking of like i was reading old oracle text today and it's like if this was on its way to the graveyard is one of my favorite things that it used to say like here oh, i man. go boop, 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 oh, on back my way before to the templating was a thing yeah and instead of instead of consistent card text you got zen koans on how the world works um uh, we have another chandra card for the next thing i want to talk about chandra's regulator this card's great this card's great and it's cool and i have no idea what this art is like is this a that's her thing so she does it's it. It's her thing that she puts on. She it regulates her flame control. She's okay. wearing it in young her and old her, but not. But not the her. one that I'm looking of at. Of course, right the about. teenager's okay. not wearing the regulator. That just makes flavor sense. That's like sense. the, the gauntlet okay. thing that goes on her arm, and that's like Got a little it. pack. Thing. Got it. All right. Yeah. I understand now. Okay. I was I was confused because I was I didn't have any sense of scale, so it's like, is this a like a Zippo lighter? Is it tiny? Oh, I see. <laughs> no. But uh, Chandra's regulator. It's a legendary artifact for red and one. So something that is going to come up in the set, colored artifacts. They're artifacts. They can tap. They're also colored. We've seen these before. If you've been playing for a while, you'll have seen them in Alara. You'll have seen them in the previous set. The with Gear Hulks. Yeah. The Gear Hulks back on Kaladesh. Yeah. Uh, so, but the regulator here, whenever you activate a loyalty ability of a Chandra Planeswalker, you may pay one mana. If you do, copy that ability. You may choose new targets for the copy. Uh, one tap, discard a mountain card or a red card to draw a card. <laughs> this card's so good. This card's amazing. Yeah. But, um, oh, I'm just first... like going to die to this in standard in the mono red Chandra's <laughs> deck. Yep. You can play four, sh five, six 
Chandra's in one library right now. Oh my god. Right? Like Great. It, until until yeah. the fall, right? There's like six Chandras oops in standard. Oops, all Chandras. So. Yeah, oops, all Chandras. It's like oops, all Gideons, but with more fire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but Chandra's regulator here um, copies loyalty abilities. That's awesome. It doesn't copy loyalty costs. So the it, the it, it, if you have a Chandra with a plus one ability, the you pay the cost of plus one and you copy the text to the right of the colon. You don't get more loyalty for using Chandra's oh, regulator. Um, so you don't have to pay you don't have to pay the cost again if it is a minus, and you don't have to pay the adding loyalty because you actually pay by adding loyalty counters for the other things. It's a weird compromise with how the <laughs> rules work, but you don't you don't get bonus loyalty unless you're activating Chandra Acolyte of Flames ability. Then you're copying the effect, which adds the counters. Yeah. So makes sense. Yep. Uh, Marauding Raptor. Marauding Raptor is a dinosaur. Infinite dinosaurs, infinite dinosaurs. Infinite dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Or just dinosaurs. a finite number of dinosaurs uh, that make lands yeah. or something. Uh, so Marauding Raptor is red and one for a 2-3 dinosaur. It says creature spells you cast cost one mana less to cast. And whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Marauding Raptors deals two damage to it. If a dinosaur is dealt damage this way, Marauding Raptor gets plus two, plus zero until end of turn. So the obvious question that everyone has asked is Polyraptor. It takes damage and it makes a copy of Polyraptor. Uh, what happens? And the answer is you probably end up drawing the game. Yeah, because wow. it cannot stop. It yep. just, it, it can't. Yep. It can't. It can't stop and it won't stop. Yep. No. As they say. It doesn't know how to stop. No. Uh, but you can stop it. Uh, you can prevent dinosaur fires. How? So, uh, by killing your Marauding Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you if you kill one of the dinosaurs um, with the, if you kill one of the dinosaurs at the right time, you can prevent this from happening. So you can be like, I make 1,000 polyraptors, and then, and I, then I, call, kill this. I kill yes, this and marauding I murder, raptor. Yeah, I murder my marauding raptor, or I murder the polyraptor. Okay. Um, and so you can, if you do it with the marauding raptor trigger on the stack, you can kill a polyraptor. Um, and you, if you kill marauding raptor, mostly any time in the interaction, it'll, it, it'll stop it. Uh, pretty much any time, because it won't be around for the next iteration. Yeah. So... Uh, be aware that you can escape claws out of this by, okay. by doing that. You can also prevent the damage that would happen to Polyraptor. You can give it protection with God's willing. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, it's a it's a decision you can make. Uh, if if you if you do happen to do this, if you give your random last Polyraptor protection, I'd love a screenshot of it. <laughs> so would I. I think yeah. this is neat. I would like to see it happen. Yeah, um, but it does. The game ends in a draw. It's not, and your opponent is not obligated to break it up for you. If your opponent has things on the board that can stop this. They are not obligated to stop you from drawing. They don't have to. They draw. can just be like, "We're drawing. We're the drawing game. the game." They're like, "They're like, you have an unlimited supply of polyraptors." Game two. Uh, if you are playing in a in a tournament, the note that it, you, you think it's to best of two. So you think like if you draw a game, it or sorry, you think it's best two out of three. It's not. It sounds like best two out of three, but it's actually the first player to win two games in the match. Uh, so it's technically possible to play like nine games, which is the most I've ever seen in a match. What? Uh, wow. there, there's a there's a deck when did there this was a happen? deck in vintage years ago and you could still technically play it but it's not very good uh, that used um, animate dead on World Gorger Dragon and World Gorger Dragon when it enters the battlefield exiles all of your permanents okay and animate dead's an enchantment that animates it from the graveyard and then goes away and then comes back or it, sorry it, when animate dead leaves the battlefield you sacrifice the thing that it brought back from the graveyard so you animate your World Gorger Dragon. And then Animate Dead gets exiled by World, World Gorger Dragon. World Gorger Dragon dies. World Gorger Dragon says when it leaves the battlefield, all the things that exiled come back. And so Animate Dead comes back and reanimates World Gorger Dragon. 
if you don't have any other creatures in the graveyard, this this ends the game in a draw. Yep. If yep. you can't kill your opponent. Because sure. it just keeps going. Yeah. Like, I, and so, I come back. I yeah. animate it. Uh, right. But, but it excels all your things and brings the back so that you get to tap your lands and your moxes for mana. And so what the deck would do is it like it would do that. It would then cast a big kill spell at its opponent. And their opponent would counter it and be like, well, all right, the game's a draw. We're going again. I'm going to try to world gorger you out again next game. All wow, right. Okay. And so it, right. Like, it, it was possible for world gorger to draw a bunch of games in sequence. Um, Boo. It's, uh, it's a weird thing. Cool. Cool, cool, um, cool. So, yep. And it, it, you could only get up to nine games because the games are so fast because you could world gorger them on turn one or two. But um, Magic's I wanna, a beautiful game. Magic, yeah. And Magic is a wonderful game, and I love it. Um, Embodiment of Agonies is the next card I want to talk about, though. Spookiest uh, card in the set. This is bad, and I don't like it. It's very no. spooky. Look no. at it. Does he, does he have people inside his he chest? Has, he has oh, people's faces trying to press out that. of his chest. I was just looking at him and being like, oh, this art's kind of he's, No, He's literally no, full of agony. He's, there's literally screaming people inside oh of him. There's going to be a photo of a card right here or there, and it's going to be creepy, and you're going to look at it. And oh. Yes. It's, uh, it's real messed up. Cannot yeah. unsee. Yeah. Um, oh, good there's work, one Igor. even in the middle of his tongue. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Embodiment of Agonies, though, it's a black, black one for a, for a zero, zero with flying death touch. And it says Embodiment of Agonies enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each different mana cost among non-land cards in your graveyard. And then it has reminder text, which says, for example, two black and black, black one are different mana costs. So, uh, true. Yes. The the stuff to know about Embodiment of Agonies. Uh, if the symbols are different at all, it's a different mana cost. This includes X. So red X is different than just red. Um, and that's different from red and one. All of those are different mana costs. Um, black and one is different than red and one. Those are different mana costs. What you basically do is make a list of everything that's on the upper right of a card in your graveyard. If that card isn't a land, or if that card's a land, you ignore it for this list. If there's a blank up there, if there's nothing at all in the upper right, you also ignore it because it doesn't have a mana cost. Like something with uh, suspend. Yep, one of those suspend cards like Mox Tantalite from Modern Horizons or uh, Crash of... Crashing Footfalls. Crashing Footfalls, yep. Um, th those cards don't have a mana cost, so they don't improve Embodiment of Agonies. But zero is a mana cost. Ornithopter does improve Embodiment of Agonies. Um, and XX is different than just X. So That's uh, kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and XXX is different than either of those. Uh, there's, there's a cap on how big he can be, but it's pretty large. There's a <laughs> lot of mana costs in the game. So the... He... What, you, what you're basically going to do is pick up your graveyard and lay it out in piles that all match each other based on mana cost if you're late in the game. And you can rearrange your graveyard in every format but Legacy and Vintage. Or if you're playing... Ask your opponents in Commander or, or Oathbringer or whatever in casual stuff if they aren't... If they're playing cards that care about somebody's graveyard order. Um, all of those cards are like 20 years old, so... Maybe not... But yeah, this is a weird, weird card, and I love it. And very creepy. Yeah. It's also going to someday be, um, there's, a, there's a question that I love to hear asked every once in a while, which is if you could put 10 magic cards in a time capsule, to and you wanted to explain the game to somebody in the future, then what, would, like, what 10 cards would you put in to explain the game of magic with no other context? They don't know anything about mm. magic when they open this up. Huh. And previously, one of the mandatory slots was Trinisphere, because it's the only card that explains the mana system. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a reminder text explains that it explains how like the fact that um, black and one and black and two are different costs. 
But Embodied sure. of Agonies also tells you this thing. Wow. So it can take Trinus for a slot in my in my time capsule now. Okay, well, great. Dig, it, dig yeah. that thing up. Um, so uh, the next card I want to talk about is Masterful Replication. Uh, blue and five for an instant. Choose one. Either make two 3-3 three, three colorless golem artifact creature tokens, or choose target artifact you control, and every other artifact you control becomes a copy of that artifact <laughs> until end of turn. Sahili! Yes. Um, it's... It, you know, working at the golem factory. I'm bored, so I'm going to turn all of our tables into golems. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and when you copy something, you copy the base characteristics of the object. So whatever is physically printed on the card. If something is animated, like it's a vehicle, um, so you have a silent submersible, you you crew silent submersible, it's now animated as a creature, you copy it with, uh, with the masterful replication here, you get the base object. It's not animated. That ability that animated no. it isn't applying to it. You just get a silence. <laughs> oh, of sad. Yeah. I don't even know why you're playing that, but okay. Well, yeah, I, I mean, some people juggle geese. Two, three, three, golem, artifact right. creature yeah. tokens at I instant speed. I won't yeah. hate on it. Yeah, some people are going to have fun with this card. This card is not very good, but it is very fun. So. <laughs> I mean, you get, you if you yeah. cast it in limited, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. No, I, I play this in a lot, like basically 100% of my blue limited decks, yeah. right? Yeah. And I might even splash for it. Like you said, two, three threes at instant speed is pretty good. Yeah. Um, note that if you're copying things like this, they don't enter the battlefield. So enters the battlefield triggers, enters the battlefield replacement effects don't apply. Uh, they just, they've always, they're, well, they're not always, they're currently silent submersibles. They, they're not new silent submersibles. They're. They and, just are. Yeah, they now. just are. Uh, they can attack if they've been <laughs> under your control since the beginning of the turn. So, and they're creatures. So, that, like, they just, surprise, you all think you're silent submersibles for the remainder of the turn. Figure it out. <laughs> uh, so, a gruesome scru- scourger. Gruesome scourger? Yeah. Gruesome scour- scourger. 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 Gruesome scourger. Scourger. That's my favorite name. Gruesome scourger. Yeah. Gruesome uh, black, black, and three for this 3-3 three, three orc warrior. When gruesome scourger enters the battlefield, it deals damage to target opponent or planeswalker equal to the number of creatures you control. Uh, just like we mentioned above, this figures out its number as the trigger resolves. They can murder it in response so that they take less damage or so that their planeswalker survives. Yep. Speaking of gurging... Yeah. Savage Gurger. Yeah, Savage Gurger. Uh, <laughs> Gurger. No, gur- <laughs> we were intentionally oh, trying yes. to mess people oh. up. Yes. Okay. Uh, s- Savage Gorger. <laughs> Savage uh, Gorger. What was the other one named? Gruesome Scourger. Gruesome Scourger. So they switched Savage the first letter Gorger. too. It's G S and S G, right? Gruesome uh, Scourger and Savage Gorger. These fight crime together. Yeah. They're front man for a real bad metal band. <laughs> um, so uh, black, black one for a one, one flying vampire. And at the beginning of your end step, if an opponent lost life this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on Savage Gorger. <clears throat> Damage causes loss of life. It reminds you what it doesn't remind you of is he does not care if he was there. OK, um, yeah. So it, it, like he just says, hey, before before we finish this turn, d- did that did that jerk lose life? Uh, and so if you if you attack them with a random creature, they take some they take damage. And after combat, you cast Savage Gorger. You'll get to put a plus one plus one counter on. Hey, did that did that idiot over there gain life? Hey, lose hey. life, lose life. Did yeah. that, lose life? That jerk yeah. lose life. Yeah. yeah. Well, then then I'm going to get tougher so that <laughs> I can make him lose more life. 
Nice. Um, All that's, right. that's the stuff that I wanted to go through, basically. Wow. Wow. So nice. more than average for your average corset. So, yeah, more, more than a normal corset. There's a lot of triggered abilities in this corset. And a lot of it, like the thing that I, I keep running into with people is they're like, well, no, I still get to do you three points of damage. And I'm like, mm, no, no, not not, not as such. Um, the the cards mostly just do what they say. That's the that's the general theme is if if you read a card, it does what it says. Read the fun card. Everybody. Yeah, read the fun card. Or I like friendly cards. Oh, friendly. They're all very friendly cards. Except for this guy. He's not very friendly. Marauding raptors. He's very angry. He doesn't want friends. He punches anybody who tries to team up with him. I'm a friend. (laughs) Yeah. It's time to name cutest and grossest card from Magic Corset 2020. That's right. So first up, um, our demon buddy that we were just taking a, a good look Oof. at. Uh, what was his name again? Embodiment em- of Embodiment Agonies. Embodiment of Agonies. Look, that's pretty spooky. That's a real spooky Very card. Spooky. There are there are tortured souls inside of him trying to push their faces through his chest. Doesn't get Big much spook. grosser than that. Big spook. Um, but then there is also... I, what I believe I'm going to name the winner, which is oh. Thought Distortion. Oh, that is it's, so... It's so... I don't like it. No, it's like a person's face being twisted and pulled. I don't know. It's not great. It's, I don't like it. It's real spook. I'm off it. Big spook. I'm out. I, I can understand yeah. this. Oh, uh, that's me. All right. All right. So cutest card. We're going to yeah. give you the runners up as usual. Yes. Well, a lot of cute cards in the set, so A+. Plus. Uh, first, Pacifism, which Rob pointed out. Which yep. um, has a giant knitting mm-hmm. a little heart, which I love. So great art on pacifism. Cute. Yep. What do you think it is? A scarf with a heart on it? Maybe a little nap, yeah. little napkin or something? Well, for all you know, it's like a blanket for one of his friends. Oh, I know. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. could be a bib for his baby. I also am going to give a runner up to Cerulean Drake, which is very cute. A blue little flying Drake friend. Um, I have a very soft spot in my spot in my heart for tiny little Drakes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like that. Another blue card, which I love and is actually this, the next runner up, even though I'm going to do them out of order. Almost got cutest card was Moat Piranhas, which are so cute. <laughs> They're big old underbites. They're just like. Another runner up, which a lot of people were like, this should win but i'm telling you that it's too pushed and i will not i will not cave to ferocious pup i'm sorry it's just too wow wow i won't do it but another card that is likewise as pushed and i will cave to (laughs) is chandra's ember cat which gets the crown oh maria they played you they played me like a fiddle they played you like a fiddle but it is also i have I have passed up cats, so it's not that I will always give a cat the award of cutest card. That cat is so cute, But this cat is very cute. Meow. It's it's literally made... Yeah, that's that's its line, right? (laughs) I I don't understand why it doesn't just have meow as its (laughs) flavor. Oh, my God! (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I don't get it. You're (gasps) so right! Oh, my gosh. Okay, yes. Meow is brilliant and absolutely what this should be. Uh, Wow, now I'll never unhear that because that is perfect but also you can win chandra's ember cat in the mastery pass thing or you can buy her so i'm really excited for this kitty to be my battlefield friend you got me (laughs) arena you got my money okay you win you win amazing so there you go chandra's ember cat cutest card me out 
have you ever wanted a giant play mat? That is so beautiful. That's great. I know I have. That is so beautiful. Well, Ultra Pro. Ultra One Pro. of the amazing sponsors of Good Luck oh, High Five. Look at this. Rob is excited. We're on. Wow. If you're not looking at the, I know. If you're not looking at the video version, you're you, really missing, you're missing out. You're missing out. Because this okay. is just I, I can, some gorgeous. Rob's holding it for us. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. We've got a beautiful Gideon here in the center, flanked by all oh, the Planeswalkers. Yes. Really over here looking A+. Plus. Here's Sarkin. Look at this, this Braska. Look at uh, Nahiri is great, but... You know, Soren. You may have heck. seen the art for this in your local game store. They had a triptych of these posters uh, that came out with uh, War of the Spark. But here's a playmat version. You can get a whole oh, big old playmat. This is gorgeous. It's so beautiful. Ultra pro. And so much of the stuff that they make is absolutely like playmats, deck boxes, normal size playmats. Yeah. All binders. Great. Wall scrolls. <laughs> Do you want <laughs> history of Benalia? <laughs> Travis doing so much work. Wall <laughs> scroll. They've got those. Well, no, it's it's fine. I've seen this okay. one before. That's why I was so excited because this is great. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to just take a nap under this? It's amazing. Mm. You could taking naps under playmats is really awkward from experience. <laughs> like from experience, it doesn't breathe. I, do you know how many playmats I own? <laughs> like, I've seen your collection. It is quite impressive. It is very I, impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get a playmat from Ultra Pro, but don't take a nap under it. Yep. It's true. That's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you again to Judge Rob for hanging out and giving Yay. us some education. You are welcome. I love coming on board. Did, did, did we not have questions? We're going to save the questions okay. for YouTube. Ooh, for YouTube. Yeah, yes. so. There's a reward for coming watching the YouTube video. That's right. Yes. You scroll. see our, yes. our angle here. Yes. So if you have any more questions for Rob, you can put them in our YouTube video underneath the video in the comments section. And Rob, when will you go check that? So uh, generally I check it the day it goes up and then like multiple times a day for about a week. Okay. Sometimes so, yeah. more depending on how much how long conversations go. Uh, and so... You can you can ask questions. I will answer them. Um, if I've made mistakes, tell me, and I will admit them. Or I'll, <laughs> you know, make jokes and then admit them anyways. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that'll happen on Thursday after this is our episodes always come out on Tuesday. So yep. Thursday the video comes out on YouTube, and Rob will be there and check yeah. it out if yep. you have questions for him. And I had another uh, thank you I wanted to give out on this episode. I, I was at Grand Prix Dallas Fort Worth this past week, and I had a lot of people who came up and said that they liked the show or our content that we make. So thank you, everybody who, come, who came up and said hi. It really does matter to meet you all out there and know that you appreciate what we do. And somebody came and gave me a playmat for the Hunter Burton Memorial Open, which is a tournament. Such a good event. That, yeah, and Rob knows about this. a tournament yeah. that's held every year yep. uh, in Hunter Burton's Memorial, of course, and to support mental health awareness. Yes. And they just had their tournament in May, but they've got it scheduled for next year already. It's going to mm. run March 28th through 30th. It was March this year. Too. Oh, March. Yeah. Oh, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. So it's going to run March 20th through 30th, uh, and it's held in Texas. Yep. So if you're interested um, in supporting mental health awareness, you can go check out their website. It's HunterBurtonMemorialOpen.com. Yep. And I know some uh, content creators headed to this tournament last yep. this year and will probably go in again next year. Yeah. Great cause. More information on the website if you want to support this event. And big thank you to the play yep. for the playmat. It was beautiful. Uh, for your context, it's a it's a charity tournament, and everything ends up going to different uh, different suicide prevention and suicide awareness and other related charities. Yeah. And it's. It's a great and touching time. Yeah. So you should go. Yeah. So thank you to them for coming up and saying hi to yeah. me. Oh, and they, and they stream it every year, right? 
Yeah. They, yeah. they do live mm-hmm. coverage. They stream it. And so you could tune into it and it's always great. Yeah. So, so big, big thumbs up to them and what they are doing for suicide pre- prevention and awareness. Um, yeah, that's that's our episode. Thanks again, of course, to everyone who supports us on Patreon.com slash GLHF Magic, CardKingdom.com slash GLHF, Judge Rob and all of your local judges uh, for being awesome people yeah. and helping out at all of these tournaments all the time. Thank your local judge. For, for out of the kindness of their hearts. And, yeah. Well, um, I get paid. <laughs> well, no, but it like... I... I, I want to I want to hit this misconception quick. Okay, okay. Judges aren't volunteers. Uh, it, when we're judging at your local at your local game store, we should be getting something as a result. Uh, when we do stuff for the judge program, we're generally volunteering our time to the program. But if somebody makes money off of it, the judge should be making money too. Okay. So yeah. because otherwise, like, I I love my local game store owners. Um, I will pay them for products. I do not donate my time to them. Okay, that's um, fair. Yep, they that's they make money. Healthy off of boundaries. It. So, yes. So if you're heading out to your pre-release this weekend, let us know. Use the hashtag uh, MTGM20 and tweet at us at GLHF Magic. We're, we'd love to see your cool pulls, the decks that you build, what you think is good. Mm-hmm. You can find us yeah. everywhere on the internet. This week, return of our worst rares to open. <gasps> yes. Video. I'm very excited for this video. So get ready to know what exactly you don't want to see, but inevitably will. <laughs> yeah, if you're not a sub on our YouTube channel, uh, go do that. YouTube.com slash goodluckhigh5 and hit the little notification button so you know when we post vids. Um, but yeah, you can you can do find us there. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We're GLHF Magic. And, you know, you can also just like shout out your wish to us in the air. If you shout it loud yeah. enough, we'll hear we'll it. We'll hear it. <laughs> do they do the blade of grass? Yeah, yeah. Whistle, whistle, whistle to you? through the blade of grass. Yeah. We'll okay. hear it. We'll Got hear it. it. <laughs>